Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for tuning into the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. As always, this is your host, Cody Mallory. I am delighted to be joined by my two co-hosts. Anthony, how's it going? It's good, man. What's good? Just watching monthly basketball. Yeah, bro. I was, I was struggling to stay awake, but I had to stay awake for the pod. So here I am. And uh, as always, Joe Farrow. What's going on, Joe? Uh, same, kind of same boat as Anthony. Watch some ugly basketball, but I'm excited for, uh, to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, us three know that we are bringing out a guest that I am incredibly excited to talk about. Um, the story is amazing, and I'm really excited to hear from him. So we have Craig Randall II, or Dose, on our podcast tonight. Um, you guys probably know he currently plays for the Long Island Nets, and he actually just won G League Player of the Week. So the timing is awesome. How's it going, Craig? What's going good? How are you guys? I'm excited to talk to you. Talk some basketball. Yep. Um, so Let to me, start, uh, yeah, what's up, Joe? No, nah, I just wanted to jump in and just give people a little bit more of a background on uh, on Craig. So obviously we mentioned he just won G League Player of the Week. He joined the Long Island Nets and immediately put up two 40-point games his first two games. <laughs> Through five games so far. I mean, I got these stats earlier today. It says logging 39 minutes a game, 26.8 points per game, shooting 48% from the field, 35 from three, 4.8 rebounds, 5.2 assists, averaging a steal and a half a block. Man, those are impressive numbers. <laughs> I just I just wanted to ask, how do you think what do you think was the how did you really uh, get acclimated so quickly to the Long Island Nets and just dominate right out of the gate? Uh, I mean, my coaches had a lot of, a lot of confidence in me, my teammates. I actually, I was there. I've been on the team the first 12 games before this, before the regular season started. I just, uh, I mean, I, I started the last, what, seven games of that cup season we had, like I did the G League this year. But, um, yeah, right. I mean, we, I came back from break. Uh, I was just just locked in, I guess. I mean, I hadn't played basketball in a year and a half. So the first 12 games for me was just about trying to get in the rhythm, find myself again. Uh, but, I mean, my coaches, like I said, they got a lot of confidence in me, my teammates. So it's really kudos to them for just believing in me and giving me a chance and opportunity. Yeah, so uh, before we kind of go more into it, because trust me, we have a ton of questions with – the G League coaching staff and everything real with that. But why don't you just tell kind of all of the listeners who are listening to the pod and it gets posted, 
your story on how you got to the Long Island Nets, because that's almost as impressive and crazy as, like Joe said, the numbers you've been putting up since you started playing. Uh, yeah, I, um, well, I got invited to the local tryout, but we heard about it. And so, like you guys have heard, I paid the $200 to go to the local tryout. Um, I got there. I played well, obviously. And then I got invited <laughs> to tra- I got invited to training camp and got to training camp. Coach told me it was we had other there were other guys there that were also trying out to make the, the final roster. So he told me it was gonna be a battle. Um I kind of just went into it with my head down, locked in. So made the team and then I mean he had told me we had we also we had David, we had Duke, we had Cam. Kes, Dayron, they were all down there too in the beginning of the season. So he had told me like I might not play right away. Uh and we got Josh Gray. We got guys who have been in the G League. So this is my first year. So obviously, honestly, in my personal, I wasn't expecting to play a lot or be playing a minute, so I'm playing now. So uh yeah, it just worked out in a crazy way. It's a blessing. I mean, I've been saying it's all God. So it's just been it's been a crazy, especially these last two weeks. It's been a crazy two weeks. So but I'm I'm here for it. I've been, I've enjoyed every second of it, obviously. So yeah. that's so awesome, man. How do that's... these tryouts look? Like, how many people like show up to like the initial tryout that you said you paid two hundred dollars for? Like, is it like like a big group or how many people? Uh, well, this year it was like you had to sign up, register online. They only took a certain amount of guys. You had to be vaccinated. Uh, so once you, because they had two, they had two separate tryouts. They had. One, like September 26th, I believe that's the one I went to. And then they had one like a week later. And so, I mean, they only took two people out of all, like, it was like probably 150 players there. And then probably 100 more at the other one. And out of all of those, they only took two players. And so I was one of the two and then came to training camp. And then the rest is history. That's really here now. That's awesome. That's insane. I'm just saying, the Nets could use some scoring tonight. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Not too much pressure, but I, I know I'm sure you were watching the game, but they uh, they could use uh, something to get some buckets tonight for sure. But we'll get into that game later. Um, I know personally, I kind of want to talk about the coaching staff at Long Island. Um, we've seen the Nets, like you mentioned, Dayron and Cass and Cam. Obviously, they've come up and made an immediate impact for the Nets. Um, so I'm cracking along, but the coaching staff, like you said, they must be great at developing players and getting the most out of them. Cause it seems like year after year, like clacks and then rookies this year, they just come up and they make an immediate impact and kind of, no one really expects it. They kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we pretty much do the same thing that they do in Brooklyn. So all of our plays, uh, all the terms that we use, everything that goes on in Brooklyn is kind of, put into our system too down there in Long Island and uh yeah credit to the coaching staff they they take a lot of time in developing us we spend a lot of time in practice on just working on making shots making plays I mean and we they also we also know like if we come up from Long Island to Brooklyn we're playing with Kyrie and KD and stuff like that so we're we're they teach us about roles they talk to us about that and like you've seen Cass, Dayron, Duke and Cam like They've adjusted quick because it's that's just how, what we're taught down there. So I mean, we'll we'll fit right in. We know how things go. So yeah, they do a really good job of making sure we'll be ready anywhere. Like if we went anywhere, if we weren't just called up to Brooklyn anywhere, 
Like, yeah. we'll fit right in any team. Yeah, especially, how- with COVID, especially with how COVID's going and all these 10-day contracts, hardship contracts, that's got to be crucial in the G League right now. Yeah, it definitely is. How surreal of a feeling is that to wake up every day and know that you're playing for the Long Island Nets and that basically any day you could wake up and then your teammates with Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant? Uh, it's a crazy feeling. I mean, you kind of just got to, like, put it in the back of your head because you're not there yet. So you kind of got to focus on what's going on in Long Island. But, I mean, to know that you could one day play with Kyrie or play with KD or play with James Harden, play for Steve Nash, period. Like, yeah. those are four of the best players to touch a basketball. And they've done some crazy things. You know, obviously, the other three are still playing. So, I mean, to just to be a part of that would be crazy. It would be fun learning from them. Uh, I mean, you see it on TV, but seeing it up close on the bench would be probably even more insane. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely something to look forward to always. Do you guys ever have, like, joint practices with them or, like, like at the same training facility, or is it always, like, completely separate? We've never practiced with them, but we've practiced in Brooklyn a number of times uh, when the whole Brooklyn staff, they've been there, been in the building and watch. So we've been up there when we see how everything's ran up there. So, yeah. Yeah, kind of back on the COVID theme. So I truthfully, I don't follow the Long Island Nets as close as I do the Brooklyn Nets. I feel like most fans would say that. Have you guys really had big impacts with COVID or just across the G League level in general? Have they been postponing games and having issues with lack of players, especially with all players getting called up to those other contracts? Uh, we haven't. We, we ran into it probably. We haven't had anybody miss any games. I mean, Bryce Brown missed one game, but we they postponed the season just because there weren't enough guys in the G League because, like you said, they were getting caught up. But it's right. more so yeah, just – it's more so across, like, the league at the actual NBA. Like, I mean, there are some guys getting it and some guys aren't. You know, the tests are sometimes false. Like, it's 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 crazy. Like, you know, and like, you got to test two positive tests. Like, if you have one negative, one positive, you can keep testing until you test two negative, and then you can still play or you can still be part of the team. So, everything's just weird. It's a crazy – it's a crazy world right now, period. <laughs> <laughs> so, For sure. I mean, it's definitely wild, but it's it's definitely a business right now where it's always next man up. So we everybody just got to stay ready because you never know when it's going to be your time. Um, I gotta ask: Have you all? Are you? Uh, I don't know. How to say this: Are you a Nets fan, and have you always been a Nets fan, like Brooklyn Nets, New Jersey Nets, growing up? I'm a basketball fan, so basketball. I'm a, I'm a I was always a Kobe fan. So I was like, okay. like, like the Lakers, but I'm like, a, I like players, honestly. And I mean, the Nets have three of some of my favorite players. So it's, I just like watching good basketball. I like guys who can score and they have three of the best scores. So. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't, I don't really like teams, but now I'm a Nets fan. I mean, I'm part of the organization. So, and my guy like Duke, Kess and him, like Kess, Dayron, Cam, like, I like I've, I've been around them, so I cheer for them as much as I can when I'm watching the games. So there's been multiple times this season where guys, where the guys that you mentioned that you got a chance to play with, practice with, they've been called up and then sent back down for a few days or any or like any situation like that. Is there like a noticeable difference in their leadership when like they originally go up and then come back down? 
like just getting off of the influence of like the major players on a team as well as Steve Nash and the coaching? Oh, yeah. I mean, they definitely bring a different aspect to our team when they come back down just because they're up there. And so they're around those guys who are where we're trying to get to, Um, especially Duke. Duke's just a a natural leader. That's just who he is as a person. Uh, So, I mean, we all know Cam's kind of quiet. Catch the same way. Dayron's Dayron. So, like, they all bring a different <laughs> aspect whenever, whenever they bring, you know, whenever they come down. So, it's always good to have them because, one, when you're, when you're in Brooklyn, obviously, when you're in the league period, like, how vocal you are is so important. And so, just when we go through drills and we, we're playing in a game, they're always talking, always loud. So, it's always good to have them down there for sure. Yeah, that's, that's that's crazy. And I read your story. I think Alex Sturm of Mets Daily from SB Nation wrote a story on you in December. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. I don't think we're yeah, I am. You did it. Yeah. But I, you tried out for two other G League teams, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, I actually I tried out for – I actually did the Long Island trial on the 26th. Left the tryout, went straight to the airport, got on the plane, flew to Orlando, drove to Lakeland, and tried out for Lakeland, did the Lakeland trial on the 27th, and then went home. <laughs> so it was a crazy two days. <laughs> Sounds two like days it. right there. But I mean, I'm always up for the task. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big guy that takes on challenges. That's just how I've always been. I don't shy away from anything that might challenge me. So. I enjoyed every second of that too, just being able to be out there and compete with other guys who are, who play at a high level. So it was fun to me. Back to the uh, kind of uh, players here, fan of players. So have you submerged yourself into Nets Twitter yet? And see the counts. I haven't. I uh, I I'm on social media to like watch it. Like I just scroll through it, but I don't really get into social media for real. Um, especially Twitter. Twitter is a crazy, it's a crazy <laughs> platform. You gotta, you gotta be careful how deep you dive into Twitter and stuff. So, I just, I watch, I see as much as I can. I don't really pay attention to it though that much. You made a good decision because it's it's uh it's very petty and brutal on there. Yeah, I, I already I already know how the media gets, and even social media. <laughs> can work, so I already know so, yeah. what can be said and what can go wrong. Yeah, and there's like a thread of someone saying like, "Oh, your favorite player is afraid of a of a needle." Like, "Oh, your favorite player is afraid of going on a diet." Like, it's just yeah, it's wild. I know it's wild. <laughs> it gives me a laugh, but like you said, can't take it seriously. Well, a quick question. So, like, when it comes to like G like G League traveling, like, is it like similar where you like like you do you guys like fly like, in your own plane or is it like chartered? And is like. I know, like, it's all over the place because I know, like, there's certain teams in, like, North Dakota. I know there's, like, the Sykes Falls. Like, is some of the places you go to crazy, like, in terms of, like, it's not, like, normal city sometimes? I mean, we just got back from Toronto and going to Canada right now in itself is just crazy just because you got to have all these tests. You got to have a – show your vaccine card. That's probably the roughest part. But, I mean, we, we go to – we don't fly private. Uh, no G League team does. So, it's, I mean, it's not weird travel. Like, cause the cities we're in, we don't we don't go on the West Coast. We play all East Coast teams. So the farthest we went, we went to Vegas for the G League showcase. 
that was the farthest we've gone. Everywhere else, we're like in Chicago. Uh, we've been to Maine. We were in Delaware. In like two weeks, we go to we go to Atlanta and Florida. So in February, we got like a we got a road trip from the fifth. We're going from the fifth into the sixteenth. So we we gotta we got a while, but it's all like close to each other. So we'll go to like Detroit, playing Grand Rapids, and we'll be in Chicago for that little away way trip right there. So playing yeah. in Canada right now, there's not allowed. No fans are allowed, right? No, nah, it was like an open gym in there. Yeah. So what? <laughs> So from a player aspect, is it more difficult to get locked in to a game where there's no fans in the stands or is it just – do you just treat it the same? You got to treat it the same only because that'll that'll really show you who you are like as a player, period, and as a team. Like if you can lock in with nobody there, then you got to have the same focus when it's, what, 10,000 people in there because if we if you get caught up to the league, all of those games always have fans, so you can't really pay attention to who's in the crowd because there's a lot going on on the court. But, uh, I mean, G League teams don't always get a lot of fans. And we play in the Nassau Coliseum, so we play in a big arena. So, you know, we get fans, but we don't sell it out, like, you know what I'm saying? So right. we, we try to just stay in between those four lines as much as possible. I mean, we knew ahead going to Toronto there weren't going to be any fans. We obviously joked about it, laughed about it, like, it's going to be crazy. Like, <laughs> having a practice, but I mean, it was still easy to hear what's going on. Like you hear everybody talking. It's, it's low key. Like I liked it. I mean, I didn't mind it. No fans. Like it was, it was cool with me. So it actually made the game kind of more interesting and fun. Yeah. I'd imagine, I'd imagine it's also a lot easier to pick up a technical, but uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, they, you, cause you definitely, you definitely hear everything. Yeah. You definitely hear everything. Uh, but, I mean, that's just part of the game. It is what it is when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> Even watching the games on TV, like the NBA games, I think it was two years ago now, and there was no fans. It was Everyone was saying, like, oh, the atmosphere, it sucks. There's no fans. I thought it was kind of cool because you could kind of hear what was going on a little bit. It, it like, that's one. Of, that's probably one of the best parts of basketball, period, is, like, the trash talk because it makes the game fun. Like, some people can't handle it, and some people, like, feed <laughs> off it. So, like, I'm one of those guys, like, and I love to give it out because it's funny to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, as long as you keep it, as long as you keep it basketball, it's always fun. It's just part of the game. And some guys get really mad. So, you just got to smile and laugh. And I enjoy that part, just getting under guys' skin. That's, it's, it's something that some people, it's part of their game. And if you can do it, you got, you got one up on your opponent at all times. So, Katie's I'm one a little brother. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, KD, and you can't even, you know, he, I mean, I guess you might see it sometimes, but when he talks, you kind of just don't want to say nothing to him because he's getting 30 regardless. So don't make him mad because <laughs> then, then he might get 50. Now it's bad for you. So. I always wondered, like, what, if, like, let's say KD talks trash to you. Like, what do you say back? Like, do you think, like, someone like KD says, like, bro, like, let's compare stats or, like, he says something like that? Or do you think he just keeps it strictly, like, for comedic purposes? <laughs> Nah, he, he says stuff like, bro, you know who I – like, that, you know who I am, KD. Like, he probably <laughs> keeps it just straight to it. Like, yo, like, be real with yourself. Like, you know who you're talking to, stuff like that. Like, he just smile and laugh and then 
continues on hitting a mid-range jumper in your face the next six times on the floor, you can't do that. <laughs> Did you see that KD Joel Embiid <laughs> beef after they played the Sixers? Yeah, Joel Embiid wants no parts of Kevin Durant. <laughs> he knows that, but Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid, like that's part of his game. He trolls and. Guys like KD can handle it, but you see, he get other guys, he getting them kicked out the game. Like, and he's one of the guys I like watching because he makes the game fun. Like, he get he makes it. It's a it's basketball and it's a show. So, like, if you come watch him play, you get your money's worth at all times. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think like even in the playoffs when KD and PJ Tucker were going at it, that that was fun because it's like you know they're boys, but it's just like they're yeah. going at it. They're going at it, yeah. and PJ looked over at, at KD's mom, and they laugh about it, and it's it's very funny to me. Yeah, it's part of the game. It's part of the game. Wait, I have another quick question. So outside of the Nets, obviously, who do you think looks the best in the league right now? Like, what team do you think is the biggest contender? Mm. Well, in the West, the Warriors are always going to be scary. Just now they got Clay back. And once they, like, get that rhythm, it's going to be hard to really stop them, like, I feel like. But – the Grizzlies look good. They're John young. Crazy year. John Morant's having an insane year. I would. I mean, the Bulls are obviously good, but everybody was talking about that. But the Nets kind of dealt with that the other night. <laughs> so, I mean, the Bucks. The Bucks are always gonna, like the Bucks are good. You got as long as you got Giannis, you got a chance. So, I mean, the East is really where it's at. Honestly, like it used to be the West. You know what I'm saying? Like. They don't have their guys right now. Like, the Lakers, they figuring stuff out. But the one thing I say about the Lakers is they have LeBron James. So, that's – it's hard to count them out because they have LeBron James. It's tough with Westbrook right now. Is it a really bad slump? Yeah. The Suns – but the Suns the Suns have been the Suns. Like, the Suns have been the most consistent, in my opinion, in the West. So, it might be them out of the West again. Yeah. But if the Nets have – if the, if the Nets have Kyrie, James Harden, and Kyrie – I mean, Kyrie James Harden and KD, like, it doesn't matter what's going on right now. When it gets to the playoffs, them fully healthy, I don't think there's anybody that can, like, stop them. Because KD almost beat the Bucks last year by himself, like, with a hurt James Harden, no Kyrie at all. So James Carter says the decoy, basically. Yeah, so, like, them healthy, that's – you saw what they did to the Bulls last night, and the Bulls were first in the East, like, and Kyrie's not even in full effect yet. Like he said, he's in preseason form right now. He's just getting back. And no Joe Harris either. No Lamar. No right. So a, yeah, fully loaded, a, a fully loaded Nets team is really, really, really good. And nobody's seen it yet. So, I mean, obviously everybody's saying what they're saying, but let's just be real about them. They're, they're really good. But we'll see. I have I have one quick question, and this might be a hard one. But if you were if you're say you're running point or you're running the two, create your like dream supporting cast around you. It could be like all time or current NBA, whatever you want to do. Mm. Taking KD for sure. Uh, Shaq at my five because he's unstoppable. <laughs> you don't need to make free throws. <laughs> probably, probably put like if KD can KD be the three, yeah. I want to be the one, and I want Kobe to be my two. Maybe I do three. Honestly, I'm taking yeah. I'm taking, I'm putting Braun at the four. 
because Braun can play one through five, so he could just be interchangeable. Yeah. And then really, I can, I can, I can guard and make shots in the corner when I'm open. I got Kobe, Kobe and Braun. Yeah, that's tough. And then you throw the ball inside the shack, you know, you can do it. You're not beat. <laughs> nah. Nobody out there to help. Everybody's out on the wing trying to. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, on a, you on the island for sure every time. Yep. <laughs> every time. A great, great supporting cast. <laughs> Drew it up perfectly. Yeah. I got one more quick question for you before we dive into some Mets games that have happened. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about who the current MVP is of the league. Um, a lot of us Nets fans are obviously biased, but we're very for Kevin Durant and what he's been doing all season. There's talk of Steph Curry, who's been in a shooting slump. Uh, Nikola Jokic, who's trying to carry the Nuggets, but they're missing a lot of pieces, but he's been incredible. And then obviously Giannis. Who do you think is currently the front runner for MVP in the league? Unanimously, Kevin Durant. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> and, that, and that's and that's unbiased because he's playing 39 minutes, 40 minutes, and he's proven he's won games with rookies, like two-way guys. Like, my guys is on those teams helping them get wins, so, like, but they won tough games. So, and he's averaging 30. And he just had – what do you have? We have 30 last night on 10 shots or 29 on 10 shots. Yeah, it's unreal. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm saying, he's doing unheard of stuff. I know, I know it's insane what Steph is doing. And Giannis looks unstoppable, and Jokic is Jokic. But if you go through the stat sheet and you just look at what he's doing, and it's like consistent every year, why is he like? You can't say he's not the MVP because if you don't, if you don't give it to him, in my opinion, the league is rigged because he's the best <laughs> player. He like and I and I just because I played for him, I would say this if I played for Wisconsin Herd, anybody. He's the best player in the NBA. Like that's that. Like you can't you can't stop him. Seven foot. You're not even <laughs> saying that he's the MVP or the MVP. You're making the claim best player in the world right now, Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant. And we all agree with you unanimously. We all agree. Trust <laughs> Kevin Durant. And if I mean, and people can say what they want. Everybody has their own opinion. Just because. It's who they like, but like, like realistically, as a basketball player, if you just watching, like, if you could shoot 40, 50, 90 at that side, like, nobody can do anything with him. He gets to whatever spots he wants and shoots whatever shot he wants. It's never good defense, he just misses. That's it. Yeah, so yeah, Kevin Durant. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> he, has, he has my vote for sure. <laughs> He is mine as well. Unfortunately, I don't have one, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's jump into the Trailblazers game. That's the last game that's happened since we've done the recap. Um, Obviously, James Harden was missing. Very upsetting and disappointing. Once again, we thought we were going to to see that big three play, which we have rarely seen this past year. I think today is the year that Makes one year that James Harden got traded, right? Yeah, yeah, one year since we acquired James Harden today. And they've played, played what, 16 games together, I think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, like, we were hoping Monday, like, oh, it's a away game. Like, we got Kai, and we lose Harden. It was back-to-back. Um, I hated the starting lineup. I don't know 
with you. I think that uh, I hate playing Dave Duke, Bembry, and Claxton together. There is virtually no spacing around KD and Kai. And yeah, uh, I think I, I think they noticed that early because Duke got pulled fairly early from that lineup, and they threw Patty right. out. And they they tried to fix it, but it was it was that that game was rough. I mean, like losing James <laughs> Harden like early earlier in the day, not knowing if he was going to play or not, and then. They eventually rule him out, and then we end up getting daggered by Ben McLemore. <laughs> the the Blazers had nobody. Then it was it was a rough game. <laughs> yeah, there was no Dame, no CJ. They had no Norman Powell, and they had uh, I think no Larry nope. Nance. Yeah, those were the four. And it was just like <sighs> I get it. Like Andrew Free Simmons having a good run. Like they got some good shooters, but it's just like. I feel like everyone has their best three-point shooting night of the year against the Nets. Like we saw, we'll get to it. Like every time we play someone, it's like they can't miss from three. It's not even like, like we're defending bad either. It's just like these guys just aren't missing. It's very odd. I like Duke in any lineup. <laughs> I'm biased on that though. <laughs> that, that's that's just, boy. That's that's my guy. I mean, he's just he guards. Yeah, I mean, so he I plays mean, so hard with so much energy, and that's and that's well. that's hard, and that's hard not to not to put that on the floor. And he's young too; like he's young. So, yeah. And I'm biased. That's all- my guy. So. <laughs> it was also the uh, coming out party for Dayron Sharp. Oof, yeah. I mean, yeah, working twenty four minutes. Yeah, yeah, he's an yeah. animal on the boards. I can't even imagine going up against that. Like, <laughs> and it's crazy because. Everybody, you guys see Dede like as a big like when he's like he practices with like he's tough like can can put the ball on the floor can shoot threes like he's 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 tough and when they like when I'm saying like later on in his career he'll get to show it he's really good yeah and we we see it already it's just like we would we've been used to running like a four out or even a five out most of the season and it's just like that yeah. stat. Stacking Bembry and Duke, who, who like, I'm not saying they're non-threats, but they're not respecting the three ball as much from those guys as they would if a Patty Mills was in the lineup, which oh, is yeah, sure. eventually led to, like, just swarming defense on KD and Kyrie, and it was just hard to get any offense going. Yeah, what's the call? Of all the bigs on this team, I honestly think Daron Sharp has the best, like, skill set of everyone. Uh, Claxton kind of struggles like finishing at the rim sometimes, and obviously some of the other guys are older. If Sharp can just like clean up the fouls a little bit, I could see him like kind of developing into like a Jared Allen type of project where he's actually like a great finisher at the rim. Because I think with the beginning of Jared Allen's career, he was a little raw finishing, and like Daron Sharp already looks like he has that, like bef- like much much quicker than Jared Allen did. And Jared Allen's already like, yeah. an all star this year. Yeah, and we and we're going through the same thing basically. What we did with Jared with Clax already, and now we have another one following up in Dayron. But like Clax was the, the same way. Like we saw, like he obviously has the ability to defend anyone on the perimeter, and he just and Clax now he's getting to that Jared Allen phase where he's just dunking on everybody. And I could definitely see Dayron doing the same thing. Um, I want to ask a quick question to Craig about this. What are your thoughts on Steve Nash's rotation? But like you said earlier, like their main thing is these games don't really matter right now. It's come playoff time, be healthy, have everything figured out. You think he's just playing around to try to find what works? Or I mean, that's usually what most teams do. 
during this time, uh, right. if you watch like watch all the games. Obviously, I got to figure out what works best for like we're we're gonna do the win. But I think the Nets have a lot of because they have Kyrie James and Kyrie, like he can do a lot because he doesn't need scoring. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's covered. Right. So, all you really got to do is just find pieces. So, honestly, I think he's done a good job of just putting everybody in there, getting everybody a chance. I mean, because you're playing with, like like I said, three of the best players playing basketball right now. So, I mean, we're, and they're young, too. Like, they got guys catching COVID, and he's putting young guys in there. So, I mean, he kind of got it kind of hard, honestly. And not most teams yeah. have that right there. Like, all, all like, Played three rookies one game, four rookies. Like that's hard to do, and still winning with the best player in the world. So I mean, I think I think he did yeah. a good job. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's had a lot thrown at him. Obviously, the Kyrie situation. Then he lost Joe Harris early. Um, the COVID situation. So he's definitely had to throw a lot at him. I had a quick question. Well, sometimes, it's, yeah, what's happening? So I know, like, like this this year they've been experimenting a lot with the lineups and stuff like that, and you got to play like ten men deep to like sometimes even twelve men deep in the regular season. But like, uh, Craig, like I want to hear your input. Like, when it comes to playoff time, if you have to play, let's say like eight guys, like who are the eight you're playing in terms? If you need like a playoff series and like you need guys to play high minutes on the Nets. Well, you obviously have those three: Katie, Kyrie, James. Is Joe Harris gonna be back by playoffs? Yeah, he should be back with the next. I say by the All Star break, it's kind of getting a little murky, but he's going right. to be back by playoffs. So that's four, and then you got to play. You got to play Clax. You have to play because he. One thing he does, he like he plays defense. Like he's going to be a factor down there. Uh, get three more. I mean. You gotta play Bruce Brown, and I just like him because he plays hard. I love. We all love Bruce, but Steve Nash recently doesn't seem to think that <laughs> that he needs to play Bruce. I don't know why. And and honestly, like for me, and like I'm biased. Like I play. I like my four dudes. Like I like I like my guys because like. <laughs> They bring they they're young and they bring that energy. They bring that like Cam's gonna bring something every night. Like Cam is Cam, and then Kes is gonna guard. Like you, Kes guards. Kes gonna make shots. Duke gonna guard. Duke gonna get to the basket. Duke gonna rebound. Duke gonna make shots. And you got Dayron. So like, I mean, but you gotta play the vets too because they they're experienced. But if I'm being biased, I mean, I put those three my guys and then Joe Harris. You want my honest opinion. <laughs> Rook's big through Joe Harris. I love it. <laughs> yeah. But they, they're going to figure it out. I Like I said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to, like, beat them in the playoffs because that mode that those three dudes going in the playoffs, like, it's a different type of energy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, KD's always in that mode, obviously. It's kind of hard to, like, tell when he's not. But, like, what are you going to honestly do in a game? Like, it's a seven-game series. The championship's on the line. James Harden hasn't won one yet. And KD and Kyrie's trying to still build their legacy. Like, and they hungry because there's so many people saying so much stuff about them. So, like, 
what you gonna do? Cause they they got everything to lose, so they trying to win. So like everybody else, I feel like they in, they in danger. Like they're in a lot of danger. Yeah, so I mean, I think Craig just kind of laid it out. Like Steve Nash's got a bunch of players, good players, combination of rookies, vets that need to play come playoffs. So he's just trying to figure everything out. But um, let's quickly dive into the Bulls game. I think that's the game that kind of all Nets fans have been like waiting for, kind of circled it. Can they finally beat a good team? And they sent an absolute statement at the Chicago Bulls. Going into a very hostile environment, the crowd was super into it early, and the Nets just ran them out of the gym. Crunch uh, Boy, Bayron, Cass were amazing. They both threw the start alongside KD, Kai, and Harden. And the Nets were just too much for the Bulls to keep up with, and it wasn't even close for most of the game. Yeah, I mean, up until half, it was it was really close contested game. We were only up by two at half, and then like midway through the third quarter, it's like you blink, and then we're up <laughs> twenty five. And then it's like it was so weird because like we thought like we kind of like put the nail in the coffin in the third quarter, and all of a sudden the fourth quarter hits, and like we turn into the Brooklyn Globetrotters. It was nuts. It was like. <laughs> Behind the back passes all over the place, dunks. James Harden ends up with 16 assists. It's like it was unbelievable. And KD, KD and Harden combined for 52. And like Kyrie only had 10 points, but like that's the scary part. Like, <laughs> like we, we beat the Bulls by 30 points and Kyrie only has 10 points and we stopped trying with eight minutes left in the game. It was like it was insane. Yeah, kind of like Craig said earlier, Kai's still in preseason mode and the Nets are doing that. So it just shows how good they are. That's all. Because when Kyrie gets when he gets back fully right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. James said <laughs> presser after the game. They said he was like, Does it like surprise you how quickly Kai has been able to play this many minutes and get acclimated and and like just keep get the team going as a whole? And James just goes, yeah, we're that good. <laughs> like, it makes sense. And then James, also, James also said he's going to give Kyrie the shot himself. So let's pray that James Harden knows how to administer a vaccine. And <laughs> we'll, we'll get that going. I hope he does. Yeah. And then let's, the Thunder game that we all watched tonight, I mean, the Nets were just missing. You could argue like six out of their top seven players. So, I mean, okay, so he was on fire. Really, well, I didn't have any takeaways. I went into this game knowing there wouldn't be any takeaways, and that's kind of how the game played out. So, I don't know if any of you guys want to say about it. I mean, Kess, he impressed me again with his shot blocking, his defense, uh, his ability to knock down the open shot, catch and shoot, which is obviously big for the Nets. That 3 and D kind of role that you want to surround the big three with. I think this last couple, these last couple of games really proved to everyone that he is that guy. I'm sure as Craig already knew, seeing it up close, mm-hmm. but definitely good to see these last couple of games this week. And I think there's an argument for him to remain in the starting lineup going forward. Yeah. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. like, when you watch him, it's almost like you get the feeling of, like, I'm not like making any comparisons because this is a crazy comparison, but like, like a young Kawhi when he joined Tim Duncan, Manu, and Tony Parker on the Spurs. Like you see flashes of that with Kessler Edwards in a very similar situation. 
It's just like, mm-hmm. look at it, and it's just like he provides you the shooting ability and the defense, exactly what Kawhi was able to do when he first came in. And it's just like, it's crazy, because when, when you look at Kessler and his athleticism and his size and just the way he plays, it's like the sky is the limit for him. And he's, he's definitely impressed a lot recently. Have you, have you guys watched, like, his Long Island highlights? No, but I would assume it's like, like a street ball mixtape. I just, I, just, I just feel like it's – I mean, he, he plays the exact same way. Like, he guards, he dunks on everybody. Because, I mean, and he's – and that's the thing. Like, Kess is just, like, springy and just energy, and he can play long minutes. Like, he's really good. And, like you said, like, that Kawhi comparison, it's not crazy at this point in stage where they both are at because, like, he's only going to get better. So, I agree, though. He's tough. I love Kess. Yeah, he had, that put, he had that put back dunk tonight. I'm like, he got up for that. <laughs> it was kind of in garbage time, but still, like, that was – no, yeah, dude. like it looks like it looked like he's jumping off like a spur, like a trampoline. Like the guys yeah, got. Yeah, I think I think Kustaker, uh Eagle said that. <laughs> Did they? No, yeah, he, that kid's that. got bounce, and you see on his block shots and his contests and the dunks like that. He's thrown down a few the last couple nights. Yeah. Man, all right, let's wrap it up here. Um, so, Craig, we usually uh, – us three, we're kind of running a running total of we pick games to see who has the best record. So, I'm currently tied with Joe now. You guys mocked me for picking the OKC Thunder to win this game, but here we are. So, tied with Joe. Anthony's one game up on us. So, Anthony, you got to pick the two games. We're going to pick Saturday and we're going to pick Monday. Pelicans and then Cavs. Oof. Um – Mm. Pelicans at home, obviously, and Cavs are on the road. I'm going to go with a, a shocker here. I'm going to go with two wins. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, don't, you obviously don't know this, but, Anthony, it's very rare that he picks a loss, which I, is mostly why he's in the lead because the Nets are win, Nets win a lot, and mm-hmm. he just picks for damn near every game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I should. He's a he's, – He's a smart guy. I'm, I'm two wins, too. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take two wins, too. <laughs> I mean, I, I expect nothing less than us to handle the handle the uh, the Pelicans at home with a with two days rest and then and then go in on Monday with Kyrie in Cleveland and take a win. Revenge game. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. going to go same thing. I'm going to go two wins, so there's not going to be anything made up because, like you said, the rest, they should get K, KD and Ty Mills back. So I don't think it's had a chance. The Cavs have been playing good, but they don't have what we have with, with Kyrie on the court. So. Happy for Kyrie. Any yeah, last things you want to ask Craig or, I mean, you got you said there's a game tomorrow, Long Island against Wisconsin. Good luck in that game, man. Keep getting buckets. Keep doing your thing. We'll be rooting for you. Yeah, we're, lo- we're, you guys. we're looking for a repeat player of the week. Yeah, right? <laughs> I see what I can do. We're trying to get wins down there, too. So oh, absolutely. We're going to see if we can get us a back-to-back. Get us two yeah. wins in. That will be good for us. Yeah, I'm going to be following Long Island more closely now. Now that we've had a discussion with you. I'm going to be my team now. I'm going to pay attention to yeah, we, you guys. We, 
appreciate all the support. We appreciate that. We need it. Yeah, man. It's been a pleasure talking to you, man. It's been been really good. You've been awesome. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And once again, thank you for tuning in to the Sports Ethos Mets podcast. As always, this is your host, Cody Mallory, joined by Anthony Dittmar and Joe Farrow. We were lucky enough to have Craig Randall II be our guest tonight of the Long Island Nets. G League Player of the Week. My man is getting buckets down there. Check him out. Watch his highlights. They're impressive. Maybe you'll see a little trash talking. And as always, <laughs> comment, like, subscribe, tweet at us, interact with us, and let's go Nets. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.